Hello, hello, hello. Happy, happy new year to everybody. And welcome to the Misfit Toys. I want to hear some snaps. I want to see some jazz hands. As always, I have my gorgeous and hilarious co-host, Maria De La Ghetto. <laughs> and we have the talented, hilarious, and also gorgeous Miss Becca Ward. What's up? That's my friend. That's my friend. I was yes. gonna do this. But I just like you, but I just painted my nails and I did it before this to practice and I got nail polish. This is hot, right? For those of you who are just listening, you got to click the link on your podcast to watch the live feed if you're missing it right now. I want to say a big shout out to Joke Pit, the box office. Um, the comedy box office for supporting us and being such a great sponsor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And please, 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 um, if you are watching, write in, tell us where you're coming from. Uh, we would love to give you a shout out. We have fans all over the world from Wales to London, New York, Chicago, Houston, LA, and even Hong Kong. So snaps and jazz hands to all of our fans from all over the world. And as we love to start, it's time to breakfast and B-I-T-C-H. So, Ms. Becca Ward, what do you have for breakfast and what do you have to B-I-T-C-H about? Meaning, what is bizarre, ironic, terrifying, crazy, and hard about life right now? Well, uh, I had a little too much coffee for <laughs> breakfast. Uh, <laughs> and I had some apple oatmeal that um, <laughs> from a food lion, which you cannot find here, okay? It's special, so I literally, I packed no clothes so I could bring my computer gear, my show gear, everything. I could bring that and I could bring snacks home from DC. <laughs> DC, baby. See, this is why we're friends, this is why we're friends. <laughs> Never pay full price. Um, <laughs> But what I what do I have to bitch about today? Uh, well, I I had like this smack in the face in um, when I was driving. I went to DC. I quarantined for a week, just over a week, with my mom. I survived. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, she's like me, but times five. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, and a lot shorter, but. She so I went to go see my grandmother and oh. I stopped at a gas station. She was sick, so I ended up just leaving her soup and salad and a cannoli mm. on her. Cannoli? Her husband, my grandfather died a couple years ago, but he was he's hardcore Italian. Mm. And I was like, in my mind, it was a little bit of a dirty joke, which is probably not right to leave for your grandmother, but like everybody deserves a little cannoli on Christmas. Am I right? Like, thank you. Yes. Give me that white Christmas. But, uh, <laughs> I was, when I was driving down, I stopped at a gas station and I walked in there and nobody had a mask on. This is like close to Charlottesville, Virginia, which I know we have some history with. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, that is the first time since the pandemic started where I was judged for wearing a mask. I got like the straight up down from like meth mouth Mary over there. And I was just like, girl, you could benefit also from this mask. Like no, no, one, no one 
know. No one would know. How would they know? No. But one it, it, know. it was the reason why it's like terrifying for me or, or traumatizing. It's like that is just proof that this is not going to be over anytime soon. Uh, so I just need to keep bringing the joy. Yeah. Bringing the joy. <laughs> yes. Speaking of joy, I need to give a big shout out to Laurence. Bonjour, ça va? I don't speak Spanish. Laurence, she's amazing. We love her, love her, love her. She is from this little island near Madagascar. Um, for those, French island, for those that, um, ooh, question, does anyone know where Madagascar is? Um, off the coast of Africa. See, you are so smart. Most people are like, isn't that in the Mediterranean? People are like, Madagascar, isn't that near vanilla? Isn't that on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also have, oh, hey, Kelly Ashworth. Oh, hello. Oh, I knew. Oh. the UK, baby. Yes. So, Maria. ¿Qué has comido esta mañana para tu, tu desayuno? What did you eat for breakfast? Oh. Okay, see, I do understand a little Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. I actually, my dad made breakfast. He made papas con chorizo, uh, huevo y frijoles y tortilla de maíz. Oh, yes. God, I love my... So, yeah, it was it was bomb. I'm very, I'm fat and full and happy. You know what I'm saying? It's a perfect way to start off the day. Um, I did my little yoga afterwards because I woke up mad. You ever just like wake up mad? Yep. You know what I mean? Like you ready to bite a baby's head off for no reason. You're like, please give me a reason because I really want to fight. So now I'm good. And then, um, you know, really what's the, what is there to bitch about life? Life is a bitch right now. That's just plain and simple. Life is a bitch. I am dying inside because I'm stuck inside, but you know, it's the little things that are keeping me going, like my papa con chorizo, made from my papa. <laughs> you know, it's really about, oh, I want a Coca-Cola now. <laughs> no, what you want is my bee pollen citrus cleanse. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Wait, if I'm allergic I to really me, like health drinks. Like, if you can't see, this is some bee pollen citrus cleanse. I am trying to get myself like. Oh, that's good. But what I are you? If you're allergic to bees, can you still drink bee pollen? I think if you're allergic to bees, it's fine. But... I'm gonna tell you yes, just so I can hear about what happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just when you get stung by the bee that you go into anaphylactic shock. <laughs> But I don't quote me now. I'm only half Asian. I ain't that damn smart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, what's going on, girl? She's cleansing too. Okay, thank you, thank you for Whoa. all the help. I just people. gotta say, these cleanses. I mean, it's great. Like, it's really. I feel like there is some. Like, you just feel good because you kind of reset your body. Although other people will disagree, but y'all be angry and bitchy when you do the cleanse. I used, I had a friend. I have a friend. And he was a bartender at the time. And he, oh my God, every time he went on a cleanse, by the second or third cleanse, when I found out he was on a cleanse, I was like, all right, I'll see you in a week. I wouldn't even come to the bar. I'd be like, you're a bitch on a cleanse. Like, you are not fun. You're a bartender. You're supposed to be fun. And you're not drinking. I'm like, no. Well, I'll be at the end of the other, on the end of the bar with the other bartender. You do you, boo. 
Where I'm from, a cleanse is just like eating Taco Bell two days in a row. <laughs> that will cleanse you out, girl. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Let me tell you, ain't nothing. I'm just gonna say it, Chipotle. Oof. What does Chipotle give everybody bad boo boo? I like. Yeah, this is a South Park episode just about that. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's let's clear this up. It's for white people. It was the white people that would go to Chipotle, and you know, because I get the what is it, the tofu sofrito thing, and it's Uh. bomb. You know what I'm saying? But I because it's spicy to them. I think is what it is. I'm like, oh my god, if that's listen, if you can eat street meat. And not die like like the hot dog stands like oh. or like lady with the tamale cart like you're gonna be fine. You just need to like you need to eat more dirt well, as a kid. Rich white people don't eat that. Stuff. <laughs> I know, <laughs> which is why I understand. I'm like Chipotle, y'all. That's everyone talks about the dollar guacamole and it's so expensive. I'm like, okay, well, I guess. I mean, do like me and my friends do, carry an avocado in your purse. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes. what you gotta do. Really convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you have for breakfast, Iggy? Did you just have the cleanse? That's it. Um, I. Well, you don't really I'm eat breakfast, eating. right? I had I had a goat cheese English muffin with a balsamic reduction. Ooh, who made and, that? Um, so, so yeah, I'm still <laughs> eating. It now. It's taking me a while. It's it's two o'clock, and I'm still eating my breakfast. Did you? Side note. Chipotle is started by two gay white people (laughs) who are from Colorado. Yeah, that makes, which doesn't make sense as to why white people can't eat it. I don't understand. Colorado is crunchy central. Like, you you know, it's just the randomest thing. You're like, wait a minute, how come? But yes, yes, yes. Um, And then what do I have to B-I-T-C-H about? Yes, palace, palace. Take a moment here. I have been having a lot of pushback from the We can't hear you. We can't hear you. It's cracking. It was crackling. Okay. Can you hear me better now? Is that good? Yeah. yeah. I'll just in keep there. it in the stand. I've been getting a lot of pushback from, I've been, because uh, we're doing the Misfit Toys Comedy Studio, and a lot of the male comics have been giving me some hate and trolling. And being all, you know, and I'm so surprised. I was just, I was like, what do you have against, you know, uh, another male trying to promote other females? But I've been getting a lot of like troll hater, like, just like, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? Why do you not like that? And it's like, I'm like, are you that scared that you're so unfunny like what is it like what are men scared of when it comes to women in comedy like i don't understand that's absolutely what they're scared of they know they're not funny because they have they know they know that's why they're like no you know there's so many people so especially like on the comedian um groups that i follow and i joined so many men love to be like Oh, you know, this diversity, this, or if you're funny, you're funny. I'm like, no, because I'm in LA and I've been to one too many open mics and shows to know that y'all white boys hook up your white boyfriends 
even if they're not funny. So don't give me that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. Y'all scared, as you should be, because y'all are not funny. Straight up. Well, I got a hot take for you here. Yes, uh, let's hear it, Beckham. Uh, so they think they're being, I'm generalizing. Okay, not always, obviously. I've met my fair share of like awesome, awesome homies who promote, who empower women, who promote women. But yeah, what's sure. happening is it's now, now that it's a level playing field, a lot of the cis white middle-aged or like, you know, even like elder millennial dudes, they think that they're being discriminated against because now it's an even playing field for everyone. Be like, so they were here and everyone else is here and now they're here with everyone else. But to them, like they lost something. Like it's they- It's true. Really, it's it's true. Um, but it's not, it's like, it's been a loss to us forever and a day. So welcome to real- so Equality does feel like discrimination to the privileged. Equality is discrimination for the privileged. It feels like discrimination. It feels like. And, and honestly, it is. Because they're feeling like, oh, whoa, you're taking something away from me. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they're, they're, they're losing something. Mm -hmm. And it's true. When you're up high... And we're asking everyone to come down to it. They, they don't want to come down out the castle. They don't want to come and do that, you know. And so I can see why they get defensive because they're like, wait a minute. I'm losing. They are. When, when, when equality happens, those that have have to give up mm -hmm. a little to give to those that don't. And so they get and they, how do you say, defensive. Right. And they grab on and they hold on tight because they don't want to let go. And I'm like, times are shifting. But if they were actually really funny to begin with, they would stay relevant, no? Don't you think that at some level, like maybe at most they'll lose a little bit of traction, but if they're supporting and if they're out, if they're actually like pushing for everyone, we people of color will see that like, yo, he's been the homie since day one. I'm still gonna hook him up. Whether he's white, you know what I'm saying? Like. That's also what they're not understanding is you you might have lost something, maybe a little, but if you're really that funny and you're if you're down for the cause, if you're with us, if you're about the equality, you're not going to lose that much, maybe for a second. But ultimately, you'll still make your way because you're funny and you and people like you. Like that's just that is the basis of making a career in the industry. People like you and and you have talent. So There's Competition should make you want to be better. It should not, right. you should not necessarily like put other people down to bring yourself up. It should just make you want to work harder because, you know, we're, we're accepting more funny women. We're accepting, you know, like the amount of hilarity that comes from some of my like trans comic friends. The, one of the best parts of comedy is getting the other perspective. Tell exactly. me the funniest thing to me is something I've never thought of myself or that I couldn't necessarily understand from my own privilege. I want to hear it. Like, and I feel blessed to be like, to be enlightened. Right. You know? <laughs> like I, I want to know because then also maybe I can write a joke better for a different audience. Exactly. So, so speaking of different perspectives, 
What was it like growing up in West Virginia? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have four brothers and three sisters. Whoa. And I, I had to stop referring to my brothers like in it because it was a joke. Go figure. But I had to stop referring to them as like the hot one or like the less hot, but like still doable one. Because <laughs> I'm from West Virginia, because whenever people would walk out of the clubs, they'd be like, oh, that's the girl who fucks her brothers. <laughs> I didn't want to be that chick. You're like, no, I fuck my cousins. Excuse Idiot. me. Well, I can't. They're all women. So <laughs> I could, but like, they have all these like parasites, like, which to me is synonymous with children. So, <laughs> um, but growing up, my mom would, she'd like lock us out for like 12 hours of the day. Uh, and well, we pound on the door. You're like, Mom, 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 I'm thirsty. She'd be like, Drink your spit. You know? So, my brothers and I, we would get imaginative. We would drink each other's spit. No, it's just <laughs> the way we grew up was like, I mean, it was an animal kingdom. It was just like, it was almost, we have enough kids for a basketball team with subs, you know? So, it's loud, it's crazy. You, play in the backyard you chop up snakes you throw them at each other's private parts you know it's just classic childhood stuff for Ooh, me you look like uh, some of us mexicans girl you were one of us i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> oh, yeah. i grew up raised by an electric fence like <laughs> that, that was my career Kelly's like you should live in the uk oh my goodness <laughs> whenever we wanted to play outside we would have to wear neon colors because like during hunting season, you just had to be like, if somebody sees like, so like, also I got kind of those doe eyes, you know, <laughs> but um, I would say, don't worry. My mom is fine for the most part. I'm not Bambi like for real, for real, but, uh, <laughs> but even playing outside, yeah, you have to wear neon because like you might, you might get shot. My neighbor <laughs> built this great porch for his trailer and he just sit out there and he'd be like, Rachel, Rachel, come here. And I'm like, okay. Like you can give somebody enough Coors Light. I'll be where I'll be whoever. But like, he's yeah, well, here. Well, who's Rachel? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Biblical names, I think, or like, I don't know. But he would sit out there and he would shoot wild turkeys from the porch he built for his trailer. And I had no idea that turkeys were cannibals. Like, who knew? They eat each other? If you shoot one, yeah, all the other ones come in and they eat the other turkey. Like, it's everyone loves Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I feel blessed, though. I didn't have TV or internet or hummus till I was like probably 15. 16. Oh my God. Same, like, actually. My mom still says Chipotle. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you cannot say sriracha. I don't like, know. Kelly, if you're talking about you've got no chance, I think you are the one who's gonna survive because you you oh, have yeah. you hunters and your brothers spit and wild cannibal turkeys. I don't think COVID ain't gonna do nothing to you. Oh, bring it up. No, no, don't don't bring it on. <laughs> but like <laughs> uh, it's it actually like I have this weird I think it's true, but I have this like weird connection with animals. Or it's like they can like feel my my vibe or whatever. Like 
It is the most bizarre thing. If a dog is walking past me, it will like not even look at whoever I'm with, but it will beeline to me. Like, Maybe it's because we have a lot in common. Like I also love like balls and <laughs> vacuums and like, <laughs> like they just know maybe it's my like spirit animal of sorts but like oh my god you ain't seen nothing till you see one of my okay one of my favorite memories of my mom was we were driving out of a trailer park somewhere and lord I, I grew up in a tiny town called darksville west virginia and it had 31 houses tornado hit and, they, and we were one of three houses not condemned oh my god so uh it was just Insane. And then that house burned down. <laughs> Go figure. Oh my, uh, <laughs> my mom was like, it was an accident. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. You do wow. smell like Misty Menthol Light 120s while doing laundry. Like, <laughs> really? It was an accident. For insurance purposes? Sure it was. was. An accident. It was an accident. What, Maria, but, what's the worst, craziest? Um, home accident that you've had to go through? Oof. Uh, oh, man. You yeah. know, I, I don't think I ever, like, burnt anything down or broke anything, like, intense. It was always my sister who suffered the blunt force trauma. Oh, um, no. Yeah. My sister took a, a giant, you know, those tree cutting saws? <gasps> so we were playing in the backyard and I don't know what happened, but I knocked down the the saw and it fell flat on her head. Thankfully on the side, not this way, but it still nicked her on the scalp. She's been hit on the head with a baseball bat because me and a friend were playing outside and my friend was twirling the bat. And I guess my sister got under the bat just right and it smacked right flat on her head. Oh my God, my poor baby sister. Um, needless to say, she's a really hard-headed kid. So, person, <laughs> you know. um, I almost put the bathroom on fire once with a towel because I was a fire bug. I did like like lighting. <laughs> <shit on fire. laughs> it was hanging from the shower, and then I just went with the lighter, and then all of a sudden it went, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the bathroom, and I threw it in the tub and turned the shower on, and I was like. And I threw the towel away and no one was none the wiser, so it was fine. To be fair, that is, if you're gonna burn something, that would be the place, right? Like the source of water. But it is, what's most shocking about what you just said to me, who the hell has a backyard in Los Angeles? Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, Actually, you know what? We did. Like we LA did. is the quintessential, everybody's got a backyard. Like, yeah, that's yeah, no, there is, absolutely. So we grew up in Highland Park. In the hood, like it's East LA, Northeast LA. So back during the '90s, Cholo pandemic, there are the crash. York in '64th. Yeah, and I tell Eggie every time you moved in there when gentrification already happened. Shut up! I grew up in the '80s and '90s in Highland Park, where you did not walk outside at night. And the first time I saw a white lady with her white baby outside and walking outside, I was like, "Oh my God, are you lost? Did you do you need help? Like, what's going on?" So yeah, no, we have, it was in the, in the 60s and 70s when my dad grew up there, like 50s, 60s, 70s, it was a working class neighborhood. So it was a lot of Italians and Jews. And then when the 80s and 90s hit, that's when the Cholo movement came out and was really like hard. And so we had the avenues and the, I forget the other gang that was in my area. But um, yeah, that's when, and like every, there was a, there was a little like 
sub sub gang for each gang in my my junior high because we left in our in high school. So junior high there was like the Bunny Queens and I think CBS, which I don't even know what they were. They I don't know what it stood for, but I was like, they're coming out with all these acronyms. I'm like, they sound like TV networks. I don't know. So it was crazy, and I was just this chubby Asian girl trying to get home from 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 you know seeing like cholas jumping these girls in front of the library, the public library. I was like, I just wanted to rent my Anne Rice book. Can I, am I good? Can I just, can I go? Like it was wild, bro. It was wild. But yeah, like it, it was, so they have a lot of neighborhoods like that. Still, it was kind of still suburban. It's like the outskirts. It's not LA, like central or West side. Like that's just ugh, like, oh my God, too much, bro. That's too much. That's a lot of, a lot of people there. I, so, I, I, I moved to the top of the hill in Highland Park. That right there, the top of the hill. And the El Caminos <laughs> couldn't make it up. Like my cleaning lady had to park at the bottom of the hill and like I would have to go pick her up because she couldn't make it up the hill with her car. Th this is not Highland Park, no. See, th the first thing he said was, I was at the top of the hill, bitch. Um, my cleaning lady couldn't, yeah, you are not Highland Park. Don't claim Highland Park. I almost punched a dude in Carlsbad because when I said I was from Highland Park, he's like, oh, you're bougie. I was like, I will fight you right now. Call me bougie one more time because I'm from Highland Park. Call me bougie one more time, white boy. Call me bougie. I got something mm. for you. But let me tell you. So so I get my I get my I get my first house. And this is my first house experience. And all of a sudden, we, we're throwing a party, and um, this blue water, like Listerine blue, starts coming up in the basement. No. Like Listerine blue. Like Aqua Velva blue. Like Smurf piss? I love the way that smells, but ew. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? I don't understand. And I, I was like, it didn't make any sense. And then I realized it was the blue from the toilet duck. <gasps> Oh, nerdy. Like, it was bubbling up in the basement. I'm like, oh, my God. What do we do? I'm like, everyone just start, you know, how to use the the the, the yard and the thing. And I'm, like, freaking out. Ooh. And so I, I call the plumbers the next day. They try to snake it. It's not working and the thing. And then the aqua velva starts to come back up. <gasps> and then my first house. My first experience. I don't know anything about plumbing and thing. Like I am like freaking out. So then I call the city, and there's a thing called a clean out, which is like a little manhole that connects your house line to the main sewage line. And they bring this like fire truck, and it has a big hose, and they blast out the clog. Oh. And so they put this hose, and they go to blast the clog, and I joke you not, a thirty foot poo. Geyser erupts <laughs> in my yard. No. It decorates the front of my house. It looks like a Ooh. poo Pollock painting. Pollock's oh. the one that ah. Oh my god! And I'm sitting there like, oh my god, what do I? And then they just get in the car and get to good. They're like, okay. And I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, this is a three story house. I'm like, I can't get that off the thing with the and they're like oh no that's a department of sanitation problem and i'm like oh hell no so i went in the house and i got them a sack of weed and a bunch what? of beer left over from the party and i was like here's some weed here's some beer 
clean this off my house. Like I don't like it was, it got worse. <gasps> no, it came back. Party got worse. We had to start excavating around the front yard to figure out what was wrong. And every time they made the hole bigger, the cost went from a couple grand to now we're like in the thirty, forty thousand dollar mark. And Ooh. I have a giant cesspool, so it's like a swimming pool full of. It was a pool lagoon in my front yard. No. Wait, and I'm like freaking out. What? You had to pay for this? Well, I didn't tell him I didn't have the money. I'm like, I just need to flush my toilet. Oh my God. No. Like, I didn't tell him I didn't have the money. I was like, sure, no problem. Just keep working. So my mom flies out to see what I did with her investment because she helped loan me the money for the, no. for the down payment. No. And she sits there and she's looking around the neighborhood. She's looking at this pool lagoon. And she, she was just like, she could not believe what, like, she was just like, you're the only gay white Jew in this neighborhood. What uh, on earth are you doing? And I'm like, it's called gentrification, mother. <laughs> so they, so they had to redo all the pipes. They had to, da, 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 and then they, they gave me the bill and I didn't have the money to pay. And I went into crazy debt. And I didn't know what to do. And so I got three jobs and I started stripping. I turned, I, I, I got on the pole. I got on the pole to pay for the pool lagoon because I didn't know how else to pay for it. So here I am dancing on the pole and everyone thinks that I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have to pay for this pool lagoon. So now I'm dancing for money like a... Uh, yeah, I'm stripping for money on the pole trying to pay for this pool lagoon because I wanted to be a homo owner. <laughs> it was, I was like, mm, now I know why millennials don't want to buy homes and that the, it is, it is not easy. It is not easy. Yet, yeah, holy shit is right, Kelly. Like it is, yeah, Laurence, it was not a joke. But what it taught me after that was I can handle anything because I, 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 I was able, I borrowed money. I got on the pole. I, I worked three jobs. I just, I did everything that it, you, you hustle. And I remember I would go into the yeah. bank with all the crumpled up bills uh -huh. and, and the bank manager was Maria and she would just look at me. She'd give me the side eye and I'm like, don't judge. I'm paying for my pool lagoon girl. Just don't, don't judge. Fast forward two years. I go to sell the house. Because of the time and the market and everything, the house tripled in value. Yes. Wow. I went to go deposit the check for the sale of the house. And I go to the bank manager, Maria, and I was like, um, there's not enough spaces for all the zeros in my check on the deposit slip. Do I put all the extra zeros on the back? Yes. Iggy. Or do I? Like, I don't know. And Maria was just like, because she just knew me as the stripper boy with the crinkled up, nasty, all sweaty dollar bills. And they're like, what kind of pole dancer are you depositing? No, Maria's smarter than that. She's like, oh, so, she, so he finally got a sugar daddy. Okay. <laughs> but I was able Not to pay everybody back. I was able to pay my mother back. I was able to, you know, pay for the Pooh Lagoon. And that was, that was how I started that would, that also paid for my career in comedy. That's how I hired my first comedy coach. That's how I was able to 
you know, get into comedy because otherwise I wouldn't have been like that. That was my kind of launching into into comedy because I was like, now I got this little bit of money. I can actually do something that I love, not something that, you know, I need to do. So, yeah. Dude, so that, I, that, that was my first homeowner experience. Yeah, I, thought, I thought about the OnlyFans thing and I was like, you know, I, I, this is probably the best I'll look in my life. Like, I don't, I don't know that for sure. But I was like, but what are like my special skills? Like what can, what's different about me enough to like get people in. And then I just learned about ASMR and I was like, I can make amazing fart noises with my hands. Like that's gotta be somebody's king. Yes. Yes. And I can last forever gummy gummy worms it doesn't even matter like i i've been wanting to do asmr videos forever and i don't know why i don't because these people only like some people just use their freaking their iphone microphone and it's it's enough to be like you know so i i need to get in on that because lord knows i eat everything under the sun gummies crackers chips oh my god i love chips crab leg i've I've (laughs) two mukbangs already into like Rugrat voices like got you. Like, I can do an impression of Dexter from Dexter's Lab or like Marcel. Like, like pretty much it. Like, I looked at pasties, I've looked at them a million and a half times, thinking, like, come on, girl, like, like now is the time. And I don't know what is the holdup. Like, I went to Christian Academy and Catholic school, like, and that's not it because a lot of those chicks are like coke whores now. So it's like more power to them and whatever. I don't judge, but <laughs> not for me. And then just like walking around, uh, you guys know Santee Alley? Yes. It's, yeah. I, call it, I call it the bizarre bizarre, right? Like, <laughs> you got everything there, girl. Every time I look at him, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't think I like to show my body. Like, I mean, you know, and not everybody does or has to. There's some, I don't know. You really should look into the ASMR thing, honestly. Like, my mom tried to get me to wear little bikinis and stuff. I like when know, I, was I don't know what ASMR means, so you got to explain that to me. Oh, I don't know what the acronym is, but it's what, it's the eating videos where you just hear people chewing and swallowing and crunching. It doesn't have to be people eating. It's not, oh, it doesn't, no, it doesn't it have to be eating. It, it, it's a noise like stimulation. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's like a noise fetish. Like you, like some people like the sound of like, some people hate the sound of forks clinking together, right? Right, right, right. Like, some people hate ASMR. Just kind of depends on uh, probably what you heard in the womb, I think. Oh, maybe. that It's autonomous sensory meridian response, ASMR. There it is. <laughs> I was going to say mean, like, fart noises. Audio, sexy. Ooh, that's what you're into. I like the eating sounds. I like eating when people eat crunchy things or crab legs. Crab legs, seeing it, hearing it. Oh, my God. My mouth is watering thinking about it. <laughs> See, she, a lot of people don't like it. And a lot of people do. A lot my of mom, people weird. Yeah, a lot of people love it. Yeah. It's, it's a... Because I like um, noises, like certain... Uh, I guess types of noises like I like the sound of rain to put me to sleep. I really like guitar music because it has this something like makes it like it tingles in my brain, like it feels good. Like ASMR to me feels good, like 
like in my brain the way someone massaging me physically would. Do you know what? I, kind of like the equivalent. I, I put on the alpha waves. See, I put on those like alpha brain waves. Yeah, they have sounds and stuff. Yeah, same now thing. Now I can put on some chewing, see if that helps. Maybe it might, you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, I want to ask, um, what got you into comedy? Like what, what was your, you know, what was, what was that? Defining moment. For me, it was a poo lagoon and surviving that and then having the freedom to actually pursue and basically i was like i'm gonna turn shit into lemonade and get on stage and tell my my story and that 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 was kind of the impetus for me moving you know um get, get moving into comedy what was your impetus for for for, for starting a career in comedy it uh, really similar vein i call i just call it like giving purpose to pain right like refocusing whatever has happened and like and making it something that people can relate to but the first i think the my realization was uh i went to church camp often uh but it was music and drama church camp which my mom's boyfriends would be like wow are you guys going to gay camp like yeah with jesus <laughs> Jesus will be there with us. Oh, um, yes, Jesus loves <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I love you. Uh, but I went to, to church camp and I did the talent show and I told jokes about oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I won the Christ-like award, uh, <laughs> which they're probably so regretting now. If anyone from there is like following me now, because I do like a bit of raunchy humor here and there. Just a bit, just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's shock. I okay. I like shock value a whole lot, but it's like I've always been gangly, like, and I was made fun of a lot for it growing up. But I don't know. It's like it's only popular in LA and like the Catholic Church to look like a twelve-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> but from then on, it's like, then I started doing theater and doing the music and drama camps. And then, um, what would Jesus do? Jesus would probably blush and cry and, and put himself to bed. Um, but it's, it was just crazy. Seven siblings. Like you, there was no. You have, there's no quiet. So you have to be louder and louder and escalate and escalate. It's almost just this built-in kind of like improv troupe of ridiculousness. Because all my, we all have giant imaginations just from not having TV or internet till we were what, like 15 years, maybe 16 years old. And so, you know, obviously for my older brothers, even longer, huh, go figure, math. But uh, <laughs> I, I just, when I got to college, we started an improv team. And uh, I did some in high school and I did mostly theater. But when I got to college, um, yeah, we founded an improv team that now is 10 years running. Everyone is who started it obviously is graduated, even the dyslexic ones. Um, and we went up to Del Close Marathon, but that was the very first time in my life doing improv with these kids where I finally felt like I fit in somewhere by being hundred percent myself. I was so celebrated 
for being myself. And that was my first experience. And I was like, I, and I kept telling myself, it's not practical. It's not practical. And my mother, love her. She's like, honey, I would tell you uh, if you were not meant to do this. Believe me. She's like, I would even try to be nice about it. <laughs> She's just like, like, you know what you're really good at? Writing, English, grammar. <laughs> like, I would point you in a different direction. She's like, but there's just, my last show I did in college was a great slapstick, like kind of vaudevillian. My limbs were like, were half the show. <laughs> um, and fart noises, naturally. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. But uh, my mom came to see it maybe five out of the 10 times. And uh, she was just like, you've got it. This is it, you know? And I, when I got to San Francisco, same thing, all the techies, you're so different. You're so different. Like, that's what we want. They crave that because they have these like kind of barring soul sucking day to day jobs. And it's just refreshing to hear somebody with a different perspective and somebody who's been through it in my own way, but still to come out and always find a silver lining, always find the funny in, in something, Mo most everything, not everything, but most everything. Um, Laurence. Perfect, perfect segue. Bless our mothers and our mothers. Time for some monologues. What would you say is the number one thing that you have learned from your mother that you still, you know, uh, remember, use, or would pass on today? What's what's the piece of advice, the lesson that your mom has instilled in you, has taught you? Uh, my mom, I used to get upset you know, either parent, right? Either like my mom was making me upset or my dad was making me upset because I didn't feel like they understood me or like they weren't doing something I wanted them to do because they're a bit non-traditional <laughs> um, with eight happy accidents. Um, <laughs> and my mom, whenever I would get upset about something, she'd be like, go into the bathroom. I'm like, mama, I don't want to take you to the bathroom, like on the phone. She'd be like, no, 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 just go to the damn bathroom. Go to the bathroom. She's like, pull out a Q-tip. I said, okay. She said, now draw a little smiley face on the top of the of the Q-tip. Flip it over. You know, draw something else. Draw a little heart. Just like, you know, decorate your Q-tip. I was like, all right. Uh, someone tried crack for the first time today, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming first, but uh, and she said she would say, do you know what? Q-tip stands for, and uh, I don't know. And she said, "Quit taking it personally." Oh, so much of what people go through has nothing to do with you. It can be a projection. It can be venting. It's just like you cannot know someone's intention. You can't assume someone's intention was coming from like malintent, or you know they were coming from a, a bad place. It just, especially this past year. That has been the give, the biggest gift to me is really trying to understand that everyone is going through the same thing. Everyone is struggling. So I am the most patient I've ever been in my life from this past year, just with the people I love, the people I care about. All I want is to be an ally to other people. You know, when I'm having great, good days, I want to share it. But if people aren't ready to hear it or they can't accept it for the day, it has nothing to do with me. I'll be there when they're ready to receive like any love or joy or laughter or whatever. But like, 
this has been the year just to like feel your feels, but don't take it personally if you know someone takes a couple days to get back to you. If you didn't get the job, if you just you just never know. And you, and assuming has been is like along with the chewing in the ear, which I hate. Assuming about other people is a is also a big pet peeve of mine because I get that a lot. <laughs> like people think, oh, I know your story, I know this and that. It's like. Oh. <laughs> Listen to my type five and then tell me that again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm Good one. Now. Quit taking it personally. That's I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Now, Maria, we've heard your mama logs. Has mama has, has mama de la ghetto um, shared any new news or any new advice lately? Um, no, you know, she, uh, she's pretty old school. Like we butt heads a lot because of that. But, um, you know, I do appreciate like what I do take from her, um, especially recently because this past year, maybe two last couple years, a lot of her family members have died in the Philippines. Um, so it's been really rough for her and, you know, Immigrant Asian moms, that trauma runs so deep, so deep. And I, I'm always, always, always at odds with myself when it comes to her because I understand I have a lot of resentment towards her. So I can't help but get really pissed off on certain things. But um, when it comes down to it, I always just am reminded by her and just everything else that family is pretty important. And I'm not not necessarily like, I'm not just, and I'm not trying to like be like, oh, no matter what, family is important because there are toxic family, like for sure. And if your family members are toxic, I absolutely think you should cut them off. But for the most part, if it's not that serious and you know, if you're really trying to be understanding, it's really, you know, it's, it's good to have your family around to know where you come from. My mom has been telling me a lot of stories of, of our background and where she grew up in the Philippines and our, you know, family history. She knows a lot. It goes far back as her great, so her father's grandparents, which is pretty hard because, you know, a lot of it, our, our history, you know, not, I'm not trying to bring the race thing. I'm just saying quickly that a lot of the time ethnic cultural, like ethnic cultures don't have documented history like Western civilization does. Mm -hmm. um, like in Europe and stuff, they don't have it written down. It's all word of mouth. So for her to remember names and where people are from is really amazing. Um, I know my great, great grandfather. So my grandfather's mother's father, he was from mainland somewhere in China. Um, they went to China when my great grandmother was a kid, came back to the Philippines, remarried into a different family name. So technically we have like would have a Chinese last name in the family. So so really, I've been just learning a lot about my heritage from her and where I come from and the type of person I am and the strength, the strength of my of the women in my family. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. So I've been learning a lot about just the strength of my family, the women in my family, and just being super grateful that I have parents that I actually can stand to be in the room with, <laughs> the same house with, you know what I'm saying? So I think ultimately I'm just learning to be more and more grateful 
and and just appreciative about things, you know. So yeah, what strikes me as so beautiful what you about what you just said is you have humanized your parents. Like, right. You know, we don't do that. We are just like you're my mom. This is the expectation of you. You're my dad. Yeah. This is the expectation of you. But they're people. They're humans. They make yeah. like. And if you can, if you can accept that, and it doesn't, it doesn't make you question your own mental health or well-being. Right. And right, right. but you can communicate and work with them, then there's actually a better shot of them learning from you. And it sucks being the kid trying right. to be the. It, and I it with my dad, my dad's actually learned a lot about political being politically correct you know i'm not trying yeah. to be that person but he's learned he's learning so much and i it's super fun introducing him to things that he's never even thought about like i made a charcuterie board the other day and he was like ah, this is really good i like this and i was like oh my god look at my dad and my dad's traveled the world mind you he was in the military he's been to like so many different countries and the fact that i can still introduce new things to him like that and him be excited and happy and to try it, it really warms my heart so much. Like I, me and my dad have been bonding a lot, so it's been really fun. I love that. <laughs> I love it. What about you, Iggy? Talk about how's Mama Nina doing? I've learned to just end everything with "I love you." Yes, yes. That's actually really good because Mama Nina is like, "Did you take out the trash?" And I'm like, "Mama, I love you." <laughs> 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 and I'm like, yeah. Uh, so every it doesn't matter what I'm feeling. That I always just end with, Mama Nina, I love you. So I you did not take out trash, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I'm just like, I love you so much. But uh, I love you. I just end everything with, I love you, and it has helped our relationship a lot. And even inside, if I'm feeling like. But I just am like, I end everything with, I love you. I really love you. I, 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 I love you. And then I escape downstairs. Like I'm like <laughs> in the room and I'm like, I love you. And then I run downstairs and close the door. If it's too much to handle. Cause I don't yeah. want to, you know, so I just end everything. So that's one thing is like, I just end everything with, I love you. Even if I'm frustrated or whatever, I never leave the room or leave the conversation without saying, I love you. And then we'll revisit it, but I never, I always end with I love you. Aw, no that's what. so sweet. No matter what. No matter so your what. Your words are very powerful, Iggy. It's like it's a responsibility of of the job, in a sense, you know. Um, but it's just saying that alone can like open the door for people not like not worrying about being judged. Like she can be human. She can be herself because she knows no matter what you do accept her. Like even if, and also you give yourself then if you disappear, you give yourself a little bit of space to not react. Right. And Once it's out there, it's out there. But don't like perpetuate the problem by, you know, it, it, you just need to go and take a breath and collect and they can respect that. I mean, you're, since your words are so powerful, you want them to, you you have to put a lot of thought behind it. <laughs> because yeah. As, yeah. as smart as you are, Maria, as smart as you are, and I like to 
Sometimes you don't have the mental capacity to think of something in the moment. Mm -hmm. and so my go-to is just, I love you. And then Perfect. let me compose and I'll come back. But I'll just, instead of blurting out something that I'm going to regret, I just blurt out, I love you. And yes. I really train myself to I do need that. to practice that because you know right now all kinds of mean shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're almost out of time. Um, really quickly, what does success mean to you? To me, success. Oh man, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. You know, what how can I die happy? Hopefully not soon. I am not morbid <laughs> thought, but uh I just have always craved community. And I have found it in some very funny ways <laughs> these past few years. But um, I, success to me is being respected by your community. And my community is are just a lot of talented, like very unique comics. And if they love me for my affability, for my sense of humor, for being particularly eclectic, uh, <laughs> but if they love me warts and all, you know, like I, I would being die happy just to be craft, respected. Being respected yeah. for your craft is, mm -hmm. is important. There's and also like, so humor is so subjective that at the very least, if we have a, a foundation of affability, you know, where they're just like, I just enjoy you. Like I enjoy your energy, enjoy having you around. I may not be your favorite comic. I may not be who you would pick for your lineup when you're booking 20 comics at the comedy store. But if I show up and I'm respectful and I always bring thoughtful jokes, it doesn't necessarily matter as much. And that's what I love about comedy is that it's, it's also about who you are. Yeah. Like, that's your brand or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I would rather like my brand be open, honest, kind, you know, funny, genuine. I if I'm like the funny part is missing for some, I'm, I don't take it personally. <laughs> Definitely. But I want to be respected by the community and for people to like enjoy me, you know? I love it. I love You're it. Welcome. Well said, my dear. So um, <clears throat> before we go, I want to see, do we have any shows coming up? I know that we are doing a New Year's show tonight, Maria and I on Dat Fan. I'm going to post it in, um, text this number. It's at 7 p.m. Pacific. It is in the chat. Um, you can get the login information. Just make sure that your camera is stable and that you will be able to sit still without baking, having a divorce, or yeah. your cat Whatever. while watching the show. Just got to say that right now. Yes. And this Saturday, um, I am hosting with the Misfit Toys Comedy Studio a three-hour comedy intensive that is really about building a foundation in comedy and i've been in this game for 20 years i've studied with the best comedy coaches in the world i've performed with some of the most famous comedians um the comedy store from laugh factory improv caroline's in new york you name it and for me success is being able to share that and to really promote unique voices and specifically female voices in comedy um, so I would love, love, love for you to join. Um, you know, Maria and I have been studying together for a while and we have 
a great time. We have so much fun. The community that we build with the Misfit Toys is super strong. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to drop the uh, the Eventbrite link in the posts. Um, did you have any? I know, Becca, you had some questions about either the Misfit Toys studio or the event. Um, so, please. I was curious. Uh, this is going to sound horrible, but just like, is there any type of bartering I can do with you <laughs> to work with you? I have, I am in that broke comic spot. I furloughed. I was just wondering if there's like a, I want to, I really, really there, want There's a discount code for those that have performed with Dat Fan or who are currently performing for okay. the um for the workshop this saturday we also do a work study program with comedians because i really want to make this available to all so um yes if you if if money is tight right now and it is you know covid reach out to me and let's talk about you know doing a work study exchange um and doing a barter system because you know we are moving towards you know i'm all about goats and chickens meaning <laughs> it's like i have a goat you got some chickens instead of me trying to sell my goat to get the money to then give you the money for the chicken how about i give you a goat and you give me a couple chickens so yeah there's i'm all about the barter goat and chicken system so that's totally fine if you got some chickens and i got some goats and you need some goats and i need some chickens we can work it out um some people don't have chickens. They would rather just pay in cash. That's totally yeah. fine too. Um, but yes, uh, please reach out to me directly or um, you can email us at misfit, or, or excuse me, misfittoys at gmail.com and just reach out. And it never hurts to ask. You know, the squeaky oh. wheel gets the oil. So it never hurts to ask. And I have no shame. I will be a target. And I'm like, excuse me, can I get a discount on this? Your doll, its ear is a little burnt on the right here. Can I get and yeah. and they will give me a discount? Like it never hurts to ask. So yes, please ask. Please ask. Definitely, like when it comes to I don't know if it's like personal ego or whatever it is. Like it's it's hard for me because I've been on my own working since I was. 14, 15, and then I've I've always done it myself, and I've always made it work. This has been the weirdest, hardest time where I'm like, I am so smart. <laughs> like, why? Why is like, huh? Well, be, you know, it's just it, I'm I've lightened up on myself. But I wanted, just in case anybody else has that kind of hesitation in asking, I wanted to ask for myself, obviously. But I I want to open that conversation because I feel like you are such a compassionate person. You want to see people succeed. It makes you feel success as well. So, and just good, you know, good tidings, good feelings. But I, yeah, I wanted to basically ask for people like me too. Yeah. And it just, just reach out to me directly and let's start the conversation. So definitely. And then, uh, hey, Cassidy, much love, much snaps. Um, you got any shows coming up? I have uh, a show next week with Locked in a Room uh, Comedy. Oh, nice. I think I'll be on with Dat uh, presumably sometime next week. I took a week off just to focus on family and um, yeah, and moving. I just moved into a new place, so I'm really excited. But I would love 
if y'all would check out, we run a female variety show night. I've got magicians, rock, like female-fronted rock bands, comics. Maria's going to be on the next one um, called Cherry Bomb. And it's on Twitch. Uh, Sunland Sunspace is the... Cherry Bomb. Okay. Yeah, Cherry Bomb on Twitch. That is coming out end of the month. But uh, if any comics, female comics are interested in performing, hit me up. That'd be great. But otherwise, you can find a great show on there. I'm also in a sketch troupe called Hot and Funny Comedy. Uh, you, if you check out Hot and Funny Show on YouTube or on Facebook, um, it's just an amazing, amazing group of women who all write, produce, edit, direct. Like, it's just, it's really, really rad. <laughs> and I, I feel so empowered by them and I feel so inspired. They are girls I maybe never would have met otherwise but they are such a gift and they we've been keeping each other afloat this year um so hot and funny sunland sunspace and yeah uh, Li liar comedy is on wednesday wednesday at 7 p.m perfect and we can find you on facebook we can find you on insta um thank you kelly oh my gosh so nice Laurence, c'était un plaisir, comme toujours. Thank you so much. What is it? Feliz Año Nuevo. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, love, love, love all of you. Becca, thank That's you so tonight. much. I'm you on a show tonight with We're doing Maria, the show. I will see you tonight. I'm also doing the bourgeois. <laughs> bourgeois. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, um, you can also, um, I'm also doing the Locked in the uh, Room showcase. Are you doing the one on the 9th, Becca? Whatever day Wednesday is. Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah. I can follow myself on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. I have a link tree. If you just go to the linktree.com slash Maria Delegato, um, you can find all my stuff there. So yeah, follow me. I always update what I'm doing and where, what, where I'm performing, what I'm doing, you know, but yay. And me and Becca doing the damn thing. I'm so excited. Dude, thank you guys so much. I love, I love you. Happy New Year, everyone. Ciao. Yeah. I love a hug for all of us. <laughs> Bye guys. Thank you. Ciao. Bye.